Uh, with today being Mother's Day, um, I just felt that we should spend a few minutes on the topic of motherhood, and uh, I want to do that uh, by looking at a great story in the Bible, uh, the story of baby Moses and his mother, uh, Jochebed. By the way, uh, there is a, a potential girl's name for you there, Jochebed. Uh, something that you guys could consider. It's not popular now, but you could get in on the ground floor, uh, kind of be a trailblazer, and uh, just, you know, boldly name your next little girl uh, Jochebed. This is our precious little Jochebed. So, uh, it's just a matter of time, you know? I mean, there are enough names out there. Jochebed's got to catch on eventually. Um, so this story is found in the book of Exodus, chapter 2. And uh, here in just a few minutes, we'll look at verses 1 through 10. And I wanted to give you the setting of the story that we're going to look at. Uh, if you want to read it on your own uh, later this week, it's uh, everything I'm going to share is found in chapter 1. So the Israelites, God's chosen people, are slaves in Egypt during this story. Uh, Joseph's brothers, many of you may remember the story of Joseph in the Bible, Joseph with the coat of many colors. Uh, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers. Uh, he was taken to Egypt where he rose from being a slave to being the second in command uh, in all of Egypt. It's a fascinating story, uh, a really cool story of how he, uh, through, through a combination of his faithfulness and God's sovereignty, uh, rose from being a slave to being second in command. So another story you might want to read sometime. Uh, but then once he got to that second place in command in all of Egypt, there uh, came a time of famine on the world. And his brothers, who had sold him into slavery, had to come down to Egypt and try to get food from Joseph, who God had used to prepare Egypt uh, for the famine that was going to come on the world. And through a series of events, Joseph is reunited with his brothers and his uh, entire family, and eventually the family is uh, moved to Egypt uh, to, to live there with Joseph, and they live there under the favor of Pharaoh because of Joseph. And the Israelites prospered in Egypt. They had many children, and they became very numerous. And then the time came, eventually, when Joseph died. And years passed, and a new Pharaoh came into power, a Pharaoh that did not know about Joseph, did not remember Joseph. And because he didn't, he looked at the Israelites differently than they had been up until that point, and he came to see the Israelites as a threat to his nation. And so he began to mistreat them, uh, abuse them, make slaves out of them, place slave masters over them. They, they were just brutal in their oppression of them and uh, uh, forced them into uh, labor. But the more that they oppressed the Israelites, the, the more they grew and the more they multiplied. And the more they multiplied, the greater the threat that Pharaoh viewed them as being. Again, I'm not going to go into all the details. You can read them in chapter 1. But eventually they became such a threat that Pharaoh decided he needed to take some really drastic action to try to curtail their growth. And so what he decided is that all baby boys were to be killed by being thrown into the Nile River. Baby girls were allowed to live, but baby boys were to be killed. And so this is the setting of what we're going to read in uh, Exodus chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. 
And in these verses, and, and uh, then as I share about them, we're going to see in Jochebed, Moses' mother, some characteristics of a godly mother, some characteristics that make a mother great. And in doing so, we're going to find a good model for motherhood, for godly motherhood, as well as recognize many of these characteristics in the uh, lives of the mothers in this church. And we are going to celebrate you and thank God for you uh, because I know that many of our mothers here today have these characteristics that we're going to see in Jochebed. So I've titled today's message, In Celebration of Great Mothers. So if you would follow along as I read Exodus 2, 1 through 10. Now a man of the house of Levi married a Levite woman, and she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her slave girl to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, shall I go and get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answered. And the girl went and got the baby's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this baby and nurse him for me and I will pay you. So the woman took the baby and nursed him. When the child grew older, she took him to Pharaoh's daughter and he became her son. She named him Moses saying, I drew him out of the water. I want you to imagine the range of emotions that this mother, Jochebed, must have experienced in the moment that she gave birth to this child she had been carrying for nine months and saw uh, that he was a boy. Of course, there would have been an initial joyful reaction and a successful delivery and just the excitement that comes with uh, a new life uh, coming into this world. But it would have immediately hid against the wall of reality that by order of the king, this child uh, was to be killed. She was given no time to simply enjoy the moment, to, to bask in the joy that a newborn baby brings, but instead she was immediately thrown into a life and death struggle for her son. Difficult times have a way of revealing our character. It brings out the best in us or the worst in us. It it shows who we really are. And what this story shows us is that Jochebed was a godly woman, that she was a great and godly uh, mother. And so I want us to consider for a few minutes some of the things we see in Jochebed, things that are characteristics of great and godly mothers, Characteristics that all mothers should model in their own lives and characteristics that are worth celebrating when we see them. And I know that we see them in the lives of many of the mothers in this church. First, we know that Jochebed was a woman with great faith in God. If the story itself doesn't make that clear, which I believe that it does, we know this because Jochebed is mentioned in Hebrews 11, which has been called the Faith Hall of Fame. 
Here's what Hebrews 11.23 says, By faith Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because they saw he was no ordinary child and they were not afraid of the king's edict. This 11th chapter of Hebrews is filled only with heroes of the faith. Like that's how you get mentioned. You were a person of great faith in God. The people in there are people whose lives were marked by faith marked by obedience, marked by confidence in God. And so we know that she was a woman of great faith from that. We also know she was a woman of great faith in God when we look at her children. And even though we recognize that godly parenting doesn't always result in godly children, I think it certainly points to Jochebed's faith in God that her children, Moses, Aaron, and Miriam, all served God and led the Israelite nation. They didn't serve God perfectly, but they served God. Now listen, I would never suggest that an unbeliever cannot be a good and loving mother. I would never suggest that. There are unbelievers who are excellent parents, excellent mothers. But moms, there is no better characteristic, there is no characteristic that sets you on a path to being a great mother uh, any more than this one, being a woman of great faith in God. If you're here today and you are a loving mother, but you have been mothering without God in your life, without faith in and dependence on God, I don't believe there's anything you could do that would benefit your children more than turning to Christ in faith, receiving Jesus as your Savior and Lord, and allowing the Holy Spirit then to empower you for this immeasurably important job the job of mothering your child or children. And here's what I know today. I know that this room is filled with mothers whose lives are marked by faith in God. You love him. You live for him. Your care for your children is influenced by him and it is empowered by him. And one of the marks of a mother who has faith in God is that she recognizes the need for God's power in her life and the life of her children. And so she regularly prays for her children, lifts them up before God, appeals for his help and his power in their lives. For all of you mothers whose lives are marked by faith in God, who love us enough to pray for us and appeal to God on our behalf, we thank you, we appreciate you, And we celebrate you. Amen. Go go right ahead. I know my own mother is a a praying mother. She prays for me all the time, but I've noticed that she especially seems to pray for me on Sunday mornings. I often get texts and emails from her on Sunday morning letting me know that she's praying for me. And I've thought through this, and I think she ramps up her prayers for me on Sunday mornings because she knows that I have to come in here and speak in front of all of you scary people. (laughs) Actually, you're not that scary, but every once in a while you do look a little scary. (laughs) So here's something else we learn about Jochebed. She was courageous. She was courageous. She defied a king to preserve her son's life. Hebrews says that she was not afraid of the king's edict. Now, I think when it says she wasn't afraid of the king's edict, it it has to mean this in a very narrow sense. Uh, 
I, I, I can't see any way that she wouldn't have been afraid of the edict itself. What I think is meant here is that she was not afraid for herself. Like she wasn't intimidated by the edict. She was willing to risk her life for the preservation of her son's life. There was no acquiescence on Jacobet's part. She, she didn't consider how powerful the king was and, and just say, well, you know, I'm powerless against this edict. She, she didn't view it that way. She was going to be successful in defying this edict or she was going to die trying. She didn't resign herself that because the king said so, the outcome was inevitable. She was willing to to fight to circumvent the will of the king. She was willing to stand against the king to defy the king. Courage is a characteristic of a great mother. And the best kind of courage is courage that is born out of great faith in God. Here's what great mothers do. Great fathers too, but we're we're, uh, talking about mothers today. They place themselves between their children and anything that threatens their children. They, they place themselves in the middle. And for most of us, this seems like a natural thing. Don't all mothers do that? Sadly, the answer to that question is no. Not all mothers do that. But if you do, you are in possession of one of the characteristics of a great mother. One of the most encouraging things that I have seen in a really long time occurred during the recent riots in Baltimore when that now famous mom went out into the dangerous streets in middle of the violent rioting, found her son, and explained to him (laughs) that he needed to get home. Now, It's not the case with the story of Moses and Jochebed, but sometimes courageous mothering requires not only standing between your child and danger, but explaining to your child the need to quit acting stupid. (laughs) I'm sure that a few of you, if we were to to ask, felt like she went a bit far as she smacked him around. Uh, But I would just say, what's better, mom's hand upside your head to get you home safe or leaving you in the street where you might die or your future might be negatively affected? I do want to go on record that I don't generally support that type of physical handling of a child, but there are some situations, folks, where it is warranted. We don't know enough about that mom to know if she's truly a great or godly mother. But in that moment, she was a great example of a mom placing herself between her child and danger. Jochebed was courageous. Moms, you want to be a great mom, be courageous. And I know we have a lot of courageous moms in this church, women who fight for their kids in prayer, women who stand against threats to their kids, women who cut off so-called friends, when they find out that they're a negative influence on their children. To all of the courageous moms here this morning, we appreciate you, we are thankful for you, and we celebrate you.
Here's the third thing we learn about Jochebed. She was a woman of vision. She was a woman of vision. Look at the second sentence of verse 2. When she saw he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Now, I don't know if you read this the way I do, but this sounds a little strange when I first read this. It comes off a little bit like this. When she saw he was a really good-looking baby, she decided (laughs) to try to save him. Lucky for Moses, he was attractive. (laughs) You know, that sort of odd-looking baby might have been in trouble. (laughs) But I don't think that's what's going on here at all. What I think this is saying is that she had a sense when she looked upon this child about God's purpose for him. That, That she sensed, that she saw in him the destiny that God had for him. And it made submitting to the edict of the king unthinkable for her. Now, I don't think she could have fully understood or could have fully envisioned all that this would mean for Moses But I think when she looked at him, she didn't just see the baby that he was, but she saw the man that he would become. She sensed purpose and destiny for his life. She recognized God's hand on Moses' life. In order to be a great and godly mother, you have got to have a godly vision for your child's life. You've got to sense that there is purpose and destiny that God has for your child. And to the very best of your ability, give yourself to guiding your child into that destiny that God has for them. Like I don't believe Jochebed did, you likely won't know exactly what God's purposes are ultimately going to bring for your child, but you know that God has a purpose for your child, and you'll do whatever you can to help God's purpose become a reality. Model Jochebed mothers. See a future, see the future that God desires for your kids. Have a godly vision for their future, a vision that is entirely influenced by God's will and God's purpose for them. I know this church is full of mothers who want nothing more than God's best for their kids, want nothing more than for their kids to walk in the perfect center of God's will and become exactly who God has created them to be. To all of you mothers who did as your kids were young and continue to do today, to all of you who have a God-ordained vision of who your child is meant to be in God, we thank you for your vision. We celebrate you and the influence that your vision has had on our lives. And here's a fourth thing we see in Jochebed that's a characteristic of a great and godly mother. She developed a plan for her child's well-being. She was intentional. First of all, she kept him hidden for the first three months of his life. Friends, that is a miracle right there. I walked by the nursery on my way in here this morning, and there wasn't any hiding any of those kids in there. (laughs) Whoo! They were loud. (laughs) It's a miracle. It's a miracle. When she couldn't hide him any longer, she made a basket of papyrus, covered it with tar and pitch, placed him in the reeds along the bank of the Nile, and had her daughter watch him from a distance. She was intentional. She developed a plan to keep her child safe. 
And we read how the story went from there. Pharaoh's daughter finds Moses and she feels sorry for him. She decides to keep him for herself. Moses' sister has a great idea. And so she, she uh, comes out of her hiding place and she says to Pharaoh's daughter, hey, I could go get one of the Hebrew women to nurse uh, him for you. Pharaoh's daughter likes the idea. So she runs, gets her mom, introduces her to Pharaoh's daughter. And by permission of Pharaoh's daughter, Jochebed gets to take her son home, nursing care for him until such time as he is weaned. And, and then he went to live in Pharaoh's house. I, I've often wondered how much Jochebed may have tried to stall this process. You know, like, like Pharaoh's daughter, you know, calls and says, you know, hey, hey, the little guy's four years old now. Is he weaned yet? <laughs> nope, not yet. Call me back next year. <laughs> hey, you know, this is getting a little weird. I think you ought to be bringing him over. That was funny stuff right there. (laughs) Notice how Jochebed's planning and God's sovereignty work seamlessly together to preserve Moses' life. She had a plan. The plan involved risk, but she wasn't deterred by risk. And here's another thing I want you to note about her plan. Her plan to preserve Moses' life was a plan that required her to endure personal sorrow. Can you imagine how she must have felt putting that little boy in the Nile River? Can you imagine the joy she experienced in knowing that Moses would live because Pharaoh's daughter wanted him as her own But how quickly sorrow would have gripped her in realizing that to preserve her son's life, she was going to have to let go of him, that she was going to have to be separated from him, that she was going to have to be willing to let him go live with another woman who he would look at as his mother. Great and godly mothers develop plans for the well-being of their children, and they are so committed to their children's well-being that they will serve it even if the cost is great personal sorrow. And I know that this room is full of mothers that this is true of. And we thank you and we celebrate you today. Jochebed serves as a model of godly mothering. You want to be a godly mother, you want to be a great mother, be a woman of great faith in God, be courageous, have a vision for your child's life, a God-ordained vision for your child's life and be a mother that develops a plan for your child's well-being and serves their well-being even if it comes at the expense of personal sorrow. These aren't the only characteristics of great and godly mothers, but they're four really important ones. And again, I know that many of our mothers here today, uh, these characteristics are descriptive of you. But I also know something else about Mothers, I I live with a mother in, in my house, and I know that you all are very hard on yourselves. I know you're very hard on yourselves. And I want you to know today that not only do we celebrate you, not only are we thankful for you, but I want you to know that God is pleased with you. God is pleased with you. 
There may be some of you here today who you know that you're doing really well in two or three of these characteristics, like two or three of these things that we've talked about today are true of you, but, but, but there's one or two that you are struggling with. I want to encourage you today not to be discouraged. Know that God is pleased with what you are doing well, and know that God will strengthen you in the areas that you need strengthened. And some of you may be doing well with all of these things that we've talked about today, but there may be some other aspect of mothering where you are struggling. If that's true, the same thing applies. Know that God is pleased with where you're doing well, but know that he will come alongside you and strengthen you where you need strengthened. Please know that we are thankful for you today, not just for the importance Uh, of your role within the lives of your own children and family, but the importance of your role within uh, the life of the church body and also the importance of your role within our culture as a whole. That's why that each of us here today can be thankful for every mother here, not just our own mothers. And so we celebrate each and every one of you today. Let's give our mothers another hand. And I do just want to briefly mention here that I know for some of you, Mother's Day is an especially difficult time because there is some personal pain connected to this day for you. You know, perhaps you're struggling uh, with an inability to have a child. Perhaps uh, you have a difficult relationship with a child. There are any number of things that can make this a difficult and challenging day. I don't have the right words to ease your pain. It's not within my power or anyone else's here to do that for you. But I want you to know that we love you, that we care about you. And I want you to know that many of us remember you and keep you in prayer each Mother's Day. The most important thing that I want to remind you of today is that God knows what you're going through. He's with you whatever you're experiencing today. He can sustain you. He can give you peace and comfort He can strengthen you. And I pray that you sense his loving presence in your life today in a very special way and that you will know that even in your pain, God loves you and cares for you. I'm asking God to lighten your load today, to ease your pain and allow you to experience his presence. May you be strengthened and encouraged by the Lord today. Let's all commit to praying that. Uh, for our mothers who need that prayer. And finally, I want to leave you with two important takeaways from Exodus 2. Two important encouragements that I think most mothers need to be reminded of from time to time. First, I want to remind you that God will assist your mothering in miraculous ways. Jochebed was proactive. She hid Moses. She placed him in the basket in the reeds at the side of the river She stationed her daughter to watch over him. But after she had done all of that, the reality is she had very little control over what would happen to Moses from that point forward. I'm pretty confident, I've never been to Egypt, but I'm pretty confident there are dangerous animals both around and in the Nile River. I'm pretty sure there were some Egyptians looking to kill uh, the little Hebrew boys And at first thought, if you think about it, it's not the greatest thing in the world that Pharaoh's daughter is the one who finds him. 
I mean, you wouldn't really pick the daughter of the man who issued the edict to kill your child as the right person for God to bring into the picture. But in spite of all of that, totally outside of Jochebed's control, events were happening to preserve the life of Moses. You see, Jochebed was not the only one looking out for Moses. God was too. God was too. And God knew the heart of Pharaoh's daughter. He knew that she would be graciously inclined toward Moses. And so he sovereignly orchestrated events to get Pharaoh's daughter to where Moses was. Mom, you are not on your own. As you work for the good of your child, you have a helper. And your helper is the one who created the heavens and the earth. Your helper is the one who spoke everything that is into existence simply by his words. And this one who created everything that is loves your child even more than you do. Sometimes God will work in your child's life in miraculous ways. I can't promise you in saying this that there won't be difficult times. I can't promise you that everything's always going to turn out as you hope. But I can promise you that God loves your child more than you do. I can promise you that he is sovereignly at work in their lives. I can promise you that he is at work for the good of your child. You are not alone in your mothering. You have a supernatural helper. And here's the second thing that I want you to go away knowing today. That God can protect your child even in adverse circumstances. Often in rejoicing about God's protection of Moses and in understanding how the story unfolded, you know, that that God placed Moses in Pharaoh's household for very specific reasons, very purposeful reasons, we lose sight of how painful it would have been for Jochebed to allow him to become the child of Pharaoh's daughter and to be raised as an Egyptian. I mean, remember, these weren't the nice people down the street. These were Israel's brutal oppressors. He was going to go and be raised by the enemy, by the enemy, not, not your brother, not, uh, not your uncle or your aunt. He was going to be raised by the enemy. He was being raised by people who did not serve the God of Israel, did not serve the God that Jochebed loved and served so faithfully. For all of the things that Jochebed cared about, there were a lot of negatives in this situation. She had to have questions like, what is this going to do to Moses' understanding of God? What is this going to mean for uh, Moses' uh, faithfulness to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? This isn't an ideal situation. Being raised by an enemy isn't a good thing. She no doubt was thrilled he's alive, but everything else about this is pretty negative when you look at it on the surface. But moms, here's what I want you to realize today, that even in those horrible, adverse circumstances, Circumstances that no mother would ever choose for her child. Circumstances that put Moses at many disadvantages for things that Jochebed would have cared most about. I want you to realize that God protected Moses through all of that. 
And even though he was now being raised in a godless home, God found a way to reveal himself to Moses and revealed himself in such a way that Moses lived a life of faith, service, and obedience to God and to his people. There are going to be some adverse circumstances that come into the lives of most of our kids. A a bad influence from a friend that somehow evades your detection. You know, the Eddie Haskell friend that looks really good and yet is just not good. A teacher who tries to undermine your child's faith. A parent with shared custody who doesn't have the same values you have who gives your child inappropriate freedoms that result in your child being involved in things that are not in their best interest. There are going to be things that are out of your control, things that your planning can't account for. But I want you to be encouraged today that even in adverse circumstances, God can protect your child. God can reveal himself to your child. And the Holy Spirit can awaken their hearts to God and lead them to a life of faithfulness to God, even if there's some really negative pressure brought against their lives. Mothers, we are thankful for you. We love you. We pray for the Holy Spirit's encouragement and empowering for you. And we celebrate you today. Thank you for who you are. And thank you for all you do. Let's stand. Hmm. <laughs>